Are you sure you feel good about recording right now? <laughs> I got this, baby. I got this. Perfect. Britt. Hello. Welcome back. We're back. Uh, today's episode is Shortcomings. I'm glad you knew that. I didn't actually know the name of the episode. It's well, season two, episode 15. That's what I have in my notes. I do my research. I do my research. <laughs> awesome. Uh, today we are going to be talking about a handful of items. Um, first of all, Miranda and dating used men, dating vintage men, dating men with children. I love this reference. <laughs> we'll talk about more, more about that later. <laughs> then we're obviously going to spend some time talking about, um, men and, um, they're sometimes shortcomings. They're quick comings. They're not comings. Getting excited. Getting excited. <laughs> And the thing that I am most excited to talk about, Charlotte, her brother, Wesley, his- Of Wesley and Leslie. Of Wesley and Leslie. (laughs) And Samantha banging the brother. Yeah, we're gonna, I'm gonna need people to comment on this because I'm super curious. I have feelings. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, should we do the intro and then do this? (laughs) I'm a good host, y'all. I like, you're doing great. Welcome to our podcast where we discuss sex in the city episode <laughs> by episode. Thank you. We're exploring how these stories shaped our understanding of being a modern woman, who we should and should not be banging, what and sexuality the, can be. And all those sexy, naughty bits. I'm Zimmy, your cultural sex guide. I am Britt, your super sex positive, but will have strong opinions on banging brothers. Uh, pop culture geek. God, I'm so excited to hear your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. And this, and this is, is Funky, funky Spunk. <laughs> Let's do it to it, honey. Okay. Should we start with Miranda since Miranda does kick off the show? Yeah, let's let's do it. And yeah, I have opinions about this. Okay. I can't wait to hear them. I'm afraid I'm going to be offensive about this. Well, we so might. I feel like I need to like get some eggshells out and take off my shoes and walk gently. Nah, fuck it. Let's go for it. So <laughs> <laughs> Miranda, it opens at the gym. Miranda's working out. This is like a regular scene for her. This is not new. Okay. Wait, real quick. Opening at the gym and it's family hour or family day and there are kids everywhere. I do not frequent a gym. In fact, I can count on my hands the number of times I have been in a commercial gym. Mm-hmm. Is this a thing? Uh, so the gym that I go to, I go to a rec center and it seems to be family day every day. Ugh. And I am shooting lasers out of my eyeballs. There have been multiple times where I'm like, where is your mother or where is your father or where are your adults? Where are your humans? Because they are just like destroying the cardio equipment and you're waiting for them to get off or they're trying to like, Oh my God, I'm so stressed out. By they're this. trying to figure out cause the, the weightlifting area looks like a puzzle. They're in flip flops. Like an intimidating playground. Sometimes they're in bathing suits cause they just came from the pool and I am just fucking annoyed. I didn't want to be here in the first place. <laughs> I want to get in and get out and you kid are in my way. It is truly everything that Miranda, every incident that she had with a kid during this episode, I was like stressed out prior to it happening. And then I was angry as soon as it happened. Can I like, can I just put this out there? And 
I feel like we're going to get some negative comments about this, but dear parents, do not let your children treat the gym like a fucking jungle gym. I just, I can't, I can't. I don't go to your kid's play place and try and get cardio out of it. (laughs) So don't come to my play place and try and make a jungle gym out of it. Yep. Miranda is immediately irritated. She kind of goes like the uh, voiceover from Carrie kind of goes on an anti-kid rant to some extent. Yes. Like Sundays in, I don't remember where she lives. It's not Brooklyn yet. Um, Manhattan. They said the neighborhood. Anyway, uh, she talks about how there's kids everywhere. The kids at the movies, kids at the grocery store, which obviously makes sense. Like Sundays are a family day. Totally. But it's like fairly anti kid. And then she gets into the elevator with a pretty good looking dude. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah, he was cute. I actually liked him throughout most of this episode until I didn't like him anymore. Right. Yeah. Uh, But of course, he doesn't let her push the elevator button because his son likes to push the elevator button. So I'm going to confess, I've been asked this and I I don't let the kid. Oh, shit. (laughs) This is not a play place. I I have always let the kid, but I've always given death daggers. (laughs) It's very sweet of you. (laughs) It's very sweet of you, but I've got shit to do. Which Miranda says, I'm in a hurry. And then of course the kid hits like three buttons. And you know, the, the kid, uh, God forbid we introduce disappointment. That's not a skill set that they're going to need throughout life. Or like (laughs) restraint. I recently, I recently was on a, a, well, here we go. People are going to hear this. So I am, uh, I'm, I'm on an email chain. We are a group going to the zoo with the kids. And this particular kid cannot go to the zoo because they have gymnastics class. So uh, the humans have requested that once we get to the park, the after party, nobody talks about the zoo. Oh my God. Because the kid will get FOMO and they don't want to deal with the kid's attitude. Now, granted, I do not have kids. Let's be clear. I do not have kids. I do not understand the tantrum that ensues. But to ask an entire group of people to not talk about the activity that they just did together because the kid wasn't able to go to the zoo. Also, how are you going to stop the kids from talking about it? You can't. Yeah, that's the part that seems like- The kid's brother was going to be at the zoo. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I started replying to this email and I was like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Don't. But now I'm talking about this on the podcast. So (laughs) apparently everyone's going to hear it. (laughs) It's, I mean, Miranda says to him, she says, I'm in a hurry. And then of course they start to have small talk and he is cute and charming during the small talk. Like I, yeah, he did a good, he did a good I probably could have been persuaded as somebody who won't date someone with kids. I might've been persuaded to stay on that elevator. I'm curious how people feel about this. Do you date people who have kids from previous relationships or not? Is it a no go for you? You should let us know because I don't know like how, how often does this happen? 
I would be curious too, because they do, it's not a big like plot point in this episode, but they do briefly talk about divorced men and like the baggage that comes with a divorce. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not just men. That's obviously women. That's everybody. If you are divorced, you're coming with something. Even if you're getting out of a mega relationship, you're coming with something. Um, But they don't spend a ton of time talking about it. And Charlotte is advocating for the fact that like, you don't need to worry about it. Divorced men are still good men, which- Sure, of course they are. But I kind of lean oh, on sure. Charlotte, the Charlotte's side on this one until the kid conversation, because I think that comes down to like a very distinct set of values and interests and priorities. Mm-hmm. And we immediately aren't aligning. And I mean, I'd have to be like astonishingly head over heels to give up all of my priorities to pursue your children, which is, which is essentially what you have to do as a single person. So not I'm a curious, bad thing. How do you feel they handled this? And especially like maybe in the nineties, mixed families were starting to, um, we're starting to emerge and get a little more attention. But how yeah, do you think modern they, family comes pretty quickly after this? Right. How did we, and I've never seen modern family. Oh my God. I know this is a sub podcast, but how, how do you think they handled it now? Because I, I don't have a mixed family. I didn't, I didn't, uh, take on stepchildren, but I want to know, like, how, do you think that they handled it, handled it well? Do you feel like we learned something at the end of it? I would be curious too. I think, um, the end of it feels too overly fictionalized for me because essentially Miranda's whole thing with this dude, they go on a couple of great dates. The kid is always annoying in moment of those great dates. And then, Miranda is naked and peeing on the toilet when the kid tries to come in and she pushes the door, accidentally hurts the kid. And then dad is like overtly upset when my thought is like, you guys just had sex and she went to the bathroom naked. Why is the kid there in the first place? This seems very real to me. Oh, this seems so like, I just can't imagine that the father would have let that situation come to be. Well, he's the son. He's like his blood and well, yeah have sex at school while they're at school or daycare or I don't know. It seemed really early for her to be spending the night and like having family time together, but that's a whole nother issue. So I'm curious, like how people feel about this. I, one, one sub uh, conversation that we can move on from this. (laughs) We have an acquaintance that briefly mentioned before uh, they had had children that they cannot date people who have had children previously because they know they will not be able to love their children Mm. as much as, as this person would love their own children. And at the time I was taken back by it. I was like, taken aback by this. How could you say this? Yeah. That that seemed like really aggressive. And then I started thinking to myself, like, could I, is that something that I could do? And then I was like, they have actually thought about this and know their boundaries and have decided not to date people because they do not want to put the children in a position to not be loved enough by the people that they look up to. Well, I can respect your respect for their boundaries and their self-awareness. I just think love is nurtured. It is not nature. And so, yes, when you have. Right. They might not be a nurturing person, 
It's just but, not something I'd heard before. And I yeah, wanted to I'm try and see it from their perspective. Yeah, you're doing a better job than me. I'm feeling judgy. But she's Miranda. This yeah. other person we're talking about is Miranda. Yeah. Which ironically, I side with Miranda. Right. I mean, but I also don't something want to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen, and we really should move off this topic. Okay, let's uh, move on. No, I'm not done. Oh, continue. <laughs> and then we should. Go on. I have seen a lot of conversations as of late that really- I'm sorry, do you just want to have the last word on this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hosting this podcast today, Samantha. Well, I'll just shut sit the back and drink. Go up. on. <laughs> uh, no, I've just seen a lot of communication as recently about how people who choose not to have kids have often put a lot more thought and intention into it than folks who come from families or come from lineages where it's like expected. And then obviously there's like some component of society that expects a woman to want to get married and have babies and such. Um, and I found that really compelling for me and validating because so often, you know, as one who's known since I was in high school, I didn't want kids. So validating when people are like, you're going to change your mind. Yeah. No, I've thought long and hard about this. Mine's not changing. I do think that there is also a portion of people who are intentional about starting their families, who start it later in life, who have thought about that. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing was like with the, I'm, they're being intentional about their dating lives. Do they want to date people who have already made this decision? That's something that we don't really, I didn't really think about when I was watching this show the first time I was like, I don't need, I'm not worried about this. Like I'm, mm. but now, I mean, looking back at it, I'm like, I mean, we're all well, now that we're in our thirties, it's relevant. There are families out there that have been broken up and they're, they're moving on to their second or third Mm-hmm. you know, blended families and they're, they're making it work. And it's something that I just didn't consider it the first time. Yeah. I don't remember not considering it the first time, but it's true. Listen, we don't hate kids. Don't stop listening <laughs> to the podcast. I really, really like some <laughs> kids that are my friend's kids. Moving on. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So the other major plot line that's running through this is Carrie is dating a new guy. He is a published author. Uh, He later appears in Parks and Rec as one of Leslie's boyfriends. Um, Is he a double, uh, does he double dip in this? Is he? um, Oh, I'm not sure. Carrie's, I feel like, I feel like this is his first appearance in the show. I thought you did your research. But I don't want to move ahead because we're going episode by episode. So Mm. I'm watching it along with the listeners. True. And I feel like this actor shows up again. Uh, There are a handful of those in this series that do that. So it could be. Yeah. And he's kind of like plain Jane, good looking enough where like he Mm -hmm. could be forgettable, especially if he grew his hair out. Like we wouldn't think twice about it. Mm -hmm. Mm Anyway. Anyway author uh he ends up dragging carrie to his parents house for a moment and carrie falls in love with his family and and they're great this family legitimately seems delightful would love to be invited over for fish sandwiches carrie is like this family's got charisma it is the tom they are the tom cruise of families Such a nineties reference. Such a nineties reference. I was like, is Tom Cruise charismatic? (laughs) He was super charismatic in the nineties. Everyone, nobody hated Tom Cruise in the nineties. Well, does anybody, oh wait. Yeah. He got crazy, huh? 
Didn't he do the Scientology and like... He got a little nutty. Yeah, okay. Okay, that's the point. He pulled a nutty. Uh, (laughs) But what... So this storyline encompasses two major themes. The first one being intimacy issues with her partner where uh, they never end up having penetrative sex because he comes early. And prior to even really getting started. Uh, The second one... He's just so excited. (laughs) So excited. (laughs) Um, The second one resonates with me more. And it talks about like when you enter a relationship, are you entering a relationship with just one? Or are you entering an emotional relationship with many, a whole community, a whole family, et cetera? Have you dated somebody that you like their family more than you like them? Yeah. 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 Me too. And friend groups. I can actually say now that a ring is on it. um, My partner and I broke up once really early on. Like we dated, it was no big deal. We broke up, but I was like so enamored with his friend group. And we were all in the same place in our life of wanting to like go out. We had the ability to like go to bars and stay out till 2 a.m. You know, we were young. Um, Right. And I didn't want to lose that. So as much as like when we broke up, I wasn't necessarily brokenhearted about us breaking up. I was so concerned I was going to lose this like really cool community of community people. Community of people. Yeah. But I really like this conversation because uh, I think a lot of times in the early episodes of this show, they don't spend so much time thinking about the emotional impacts of these. We get the emotional impact in terms of like, oh my God, big was my true love. And now we've broken up and I'm devastated and I'm trying to bounce back. We're but, getting a little more depth in these yeah. episodes, right? Yeah. It's... A little more dimension. We're learning about their other, it's not just like four women like screwing their way through Manhattan yeah, and meeting up for brunch. It's, it's their other, their other, um, personalities involved, mm-hmm. which I think is great. I think they did a great job with. Yeah. This piece of this episode, I really enjoyed. And then, I mean, it does talk, uh, one of the other things that I think they did pretty well, like there was no good resolution to it, but I think they encapsulated the awkwardness of, you know, your first time with a new partner usually is a little like fumbly, awkward, not smooth. Right. I would, I would say it's like the least fun yeah. of the times. And I think most people who are somewhat experienced sexually kind of go into the first time being like, well, let's see what happens. Yeah. You're kind of like, what does that work? Nope. Oh, uh, no, okay. All right. <laughs> See you on round two. Yeah. Okay. Um, But in this instance, like they, for the first couple of times, they don't talk about it. And then when Carrie does try to talk to him about it, he freaks out and is incapable of having a mature conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's kind of implied that he had a hard time having a conversation about this because it was so brought up in his childhood. Yeah. I think it definitely, they root back to the fact that like, just because his family is so great, doesn't mean they didn't still fuck him up in some capacity. Exactly. Which is true about all families. I mean, we're all fucked up. by. This is why I don't want a kid. (laughs) Best intentions. You could still turn out as a fuck up. Oh yeah. People are going to fuck up their kids. Yeah. For, for ages. I don't need that responsibility. Uh, I fucked up myself enough. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so I, I like that also too, the, you can have a great family and still this guy is struggling with his sexuality because of it. And it's a bummer because Carrie does recognize that she's essentially breaking up with his mother. And I mean, this has happened. My first real relationship, I was so attached to his family that I was like, okay, well we're done, but 
I can still hang with the fam, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't need you. <laughs> You're not an integral part of this. Right. Turns out I was wrong. Well, turns out he's not the right one no. for Carrie. No. Which is what um, I liked the men of this episode with the exception of Wesley of Wesley and Leslie. You didn't like Wesley of Ness of Wesley and Leslie of Nestle. No. <laughs> also, I don't think we ever see him again or hear about Charlotte having a brother ever again. No, never again. I, he's like not at the weddings. Yeah. Like it. this is when you look back at like episodic sitcoms, they clearly assume the audience has no memory of what has previously happened. You will not be surprised that I was annoyed with Charlotte. I was too, but I was also annoyed with Samantha. Okay, let's move into the Charlotte plot line. When Charlotte is trying to stuff her brother's face full of muffins. Her brother who is actively going through a divorce and it sounds kind of messy. How do you not have vodka in your fucking fridge? Dude! I don't even like vodka and I have it in my fridge because I'm a fucking adult. I think I have five bottles of vodka of different variations in my house. And like, it's just there. You don't have I, to drink it, but it's just fucking there. I don't even like it. I don't know where it comes <laughs> from, but it's there. Yeah. For guests or things. Yeah. Or somebody sends you home with the rest. I don't come on, Charlotte. And it, this also irritates me because Charlotte is created as like the epitome of a host. And one of my dreams, it, whether or not this is like, worthwhile. I don't even know. One of my dreams, it's always been able to have the full bar so that if you come over and you have a request, I can like provide you that cocktail. It's very like Emily and Richard Gilmore. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Love that reference. Love Uh, it. (laughs) (laughs) Like I even, I think in my forties, I'll start holding brandy in my bar so that I can like reach my peak Frasier. Why are you waiting till your forties? Well, because I've never had it and I'm afraid to buy a bottle and find out it's terrible. It's really great. Yeah. I still haven't had it. <laughs> Let's have a Frasier night one night. We'll have a Frasier night. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll have brandy instead of wine. Oh. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So it surprises me too because she's a host. And as a hostess, you usually try to keep things that would be like commonly requested in your house. But anyway... Her brother is named Wesley and he is getting a divorce from Leslie. He needs a cocktail and he needs a cocktail and he needs a good rebound bang. And Charlotte is just so distraught because they had such a pretty wedding and she wants him to work on his marriage so intensely. Well, she lives in a bubble. She Apparently a bubble. the Connecticut bubble is, is there, is there a community of people that just hang out in Connecticut and don't know what happens in the rest of the world? Mm, yeah, don't we see that when they go to Connecticut for that baby shower? Oh, right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so Samantha shows up and Charlotte's a huge bee about her showing up. Oh my God. I cannot believe how mean Charlotte was. What is she doing there? I liked Carrie's reaction. She's like, uh, this is Samantha. This She's is our, our friend. friend. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Char- like essentially she doesn't want Sam to show up because she's afraid that Sam is going to be Samantha and end up sleeping with her brother or like 
whatever. And I kind of understand that, especially from that protective perspective. I mean, I don't want any of my friends banging my brother. And I was about to say, Samantha should also have had this boundary. Like I'm annoyed at Samantha for crossing this line, especially with Charlotte. Your friendship should tell you that Charlotte would be upset. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Like this, sometimes the four of them don't actually seem like they're friends or they know anything. It does seem like they're getting to know each other as, as much as it was pushed on us that they were best friends when we were first watching this, Mm -hmm. they're just still getting to know each other and they make mistakes and they get upset with each other. I think this is a genuine thing though. Like this is a genuine mistake. And I kind of like that. I don't think it's, I don't, I think it's genuine in the way that Samantha just didn't think about the consequences of her actions. Like, I don't think she, and we don't have friends like that. Uh, but those friends stress me out. Exactly. I think this is very genuine. I think people fuck up still today, like in our friendships, we might've been friends for 15, 20 years. And I still think we do things that hurt the other person's feelings that we have to apologize for. I think this is a very genuine moment. I do the apology of um, Charlotte bringing the muffins over and like Sam recognizing it as an its own apology. I was like, well, this is sweet and endearing. Yeah. Yeah. And then bye-bye Wesley. uh, Wesley and Leslie, they made fun of. Um, I think they called it a mother goose nursery rhyme type story. Mm -hmm. And I just want to let everybody know that I am marrying a Bradley and people have already asked us why on our invites and stuff. We say Brittany and Bradley. Yeah. All of our stuff (laughs) says Britt and Bo and everybody's like, why they should be formal. Use your full names. And I'm like, no, no, Brittany and Bradley sound like Jack and Jill going down the hill. Okay. That is not sexy and lovely. Also, that's not your authentic selves, I think, to a majority of your community. It's true. A handful of people call me Brittany and only Bo's family call him Bradley. Hmm. Occasionally me when I'm irritated. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, should we take a break and then come back? Let's take a break. We're going to hear from our sponsors. Funky Spunk Podcast is brought to you by Steno Denver, a rad boutique co-working space in the lovely City Park West neighborhood of Denver. If you are looking for a new place to work or you want to get those small businesses out of the basement, seriously, go check out Steno. It's a beautiful space. You're going to meet some amazing people and our listeners will get two free weeks of co-working. Just head to their website at stenodenver.com and use the promo code Funky Spunk. We're back. Nope, we're back now. (laughs) (laughs) We're pushing buttons and you all can hear us now. Welcome back, team. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Well, we're clearly (laughs) technically advanced in this podcast. (laughs) Uh, If anyone wants to be a producer. Oh my gosh, somebody please want to produce us. It would make our lives so much better. Can you imagine the things you could edit into this podcast to make it so much better? We can we can pay you a teeny tiny bit of money. Uh, yes, a can of Underwood per episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little bit more than that, but. 
Two cans of underwear. Two, uh, underwear. <laughs> two cans of underwear <laughs> per episode. If anyone's interested, call in. <laughs> <laughs> but hurry, this offer won't last. Uh, Britt, what are we what are we doing for our last segment? So one day we're gonna move beyond like this is in theory going to be a diversified segment based off what the episode is and what we want to do. But it is a diversified but segment. But today we're doing trivia again. Because it's great. Sometimes and it's a challenge. So sometimes it's a debate. Sometimes sometimes it's trivia. Yeah. Turns out we should have debated who was right in this episode and who was wrong because we had some opposing opinions. I mean, we still can. Nah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm already, I have a direction. Road less traveled. Britt doesn't pivot. She she is an organizer. Um, uh, yeah, not truth. Okay, uh, one of the small. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, what are you doing? Well, I'm going to give you trivia. You're you are asking me trivia. Yes. Okay. And how many questions are there? There's going to be three. Okay. And they are all sex related. They all have to do with sexual organs. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Britt, what's it called? It's called Sexpert. It's called Sexpert. About our genitalia. Oh. Let's find out. It's not quite about our genitalia. Sexpert. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So it's three questions. Three questions. Okay. Hold on. I'm stretching. I'm ready. Number one. Are you ready to rumble? So Virginia. Okay. Virginity. Mm-hmm. Sure. Is a mess. Has been a. No, I didn't get that wrong. I almost said that. I was looking <laughs> for questions that val- validated the virginity is a myth. Huh. Uh, and everything is like think pieces and not like. Sure. Anyway. Sure, sure, sure. But Go this on. is the closest I'm going to get. So I do believe that virginity is a myth and I say it all the time. There's a great Dessa song that also includes this and uh, we should go down that rabbit hole one day. But for today. Virginity has been a hot topic since it was first conceptualized. I will give you the hint that we are in thousands. How many years ago was it first earliest or like what was the earliest significance of virginity in our modern day language? Modern. You mean like when was the earliest reference of virginity? Yes. That is a much more effective way of saying that question. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would even go back to like Roman times. Thousands, huh? Okay. So I should give you the year? No, because I don't know how to do that math. I have how many oh years my God. ago it was. <laughs> are you a sexpert, Brit? <laughs> what, am, what are you looking for? Uh, how many thousands of years ago did this first become prevalent in... 2,000 years ago. Is that your final answer? Sure. (laughs) This doesn't seem like a real question. (laughs) No, I pulled this together in my five minutes before this. (laughs) Preparedness. 2,000 years. Okay. You're wrong. Well, probably. (laughs) Uh, They dated at about 10,000 years ago that it first became a concept that was expected or discussed in society. You know, I know I got it wrong by like a lot, but it doesn't surprise me. It's a prank. It does stem and root from the idea of women being commodities. So it shouldn't surprise me because that is as old as time. Mm. And tale is old as time. (laughs) 
okay. Now we're switching genitals. You don't want me to sing Disney songs? No. In the background of these sex questions? I guess you could. And I'll just speak (laughs) louder for the listeners. Um, During sexual intercourse, men ejaculate around what? That was bad. I'm going to start this over. (laughs) (laughs) Circle jerk. Uh... On average, how long does it take a man to ejaculate during sexual intercourse? I feel like we had this on the podcast before. Oh, well, if we did, listeners get to learn it again because did you learn it? No, obviously not. (laughs) Obviously not. If it it wasn't on the podcast, it seems like a very like, that's a, a question that we should have brought up before. So I'm saying, good question, Brett. Good question. Okay. On average, men of modern day, how long does it take for them to ejaculate? Mm -hmm. Specifically after penetration, if we want to get like down and dirty to- After penetration. Yeah. On average, how long does it take a man- to ejaculate after penetration. And I'm going to say twenty minutes. Interesting. Why is that interesting? <laughs> oh no. Because I feel like that says a lot about you. Why does it say a lot partners? about well fuck? <laughs> <laughs> We're learning a lot about each other. <laughs> what does it say about me? Um, well, when I tell you the answer, you're going to be like, you're probably going to blush. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Um, so I do think this is interesting. I'm going to tell the answer, but I want, I wish this was better known because I think the answer you provided is what we are led to believe, especially as young people, especially as like inexperienced sexual partners okay, um, through pop culture, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But the average after penetration is only five and a half minutes. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I mean. I also think I, that like during intercourse. I'm not things timing can, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> things probably feel a lot longer, especially when you're like enjoying yourself. Like it's not like you're timing it, et cetera. So I could see why one would think or potentially their partner is just able to like restrain better than some. Maybe. I mean, yeah, but I've never brought out like a time watch and I'm like, okay, go. <laughs> Which I think is relevant again, because so much of pop culture tells us that it's probably more like 20 minutes that you can go multiple times in a night. And I don't think that's necessarily expected for everybody or at all times of life. You know what? I don't think it was brought up on this podcast. I think I saw it on the late show with Stephen Colbert. Oh shit. Saucy. Yeah. I think he, he brought up the late and late show. I want, I want to find the episode actually. He liked the, the, uh, the average amount of like pumps or something. Oh. <laughs> He's an Emmy award winner. He has a Peabody. <laughs> I don't know the average amount of pumps. So that could be a trivia question in the future. Well, we're going to put that on our Instagram. Let's see if I can math out what five and a half minutes of pumps is. Okay. Five and a half minutes after penetration. Yeah. Anyway. I yeah. Think- yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I could. Yeah. 
I mean, I, again, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. And it, this is average. And I think, you know, the episode again, does a good job of saying like, sometimes pre-ejaculation happens. Sometimes this is with like all men from like, I don't have the details of the study written down. Puberty in my notes. to death. Okay. I have average. Uh, can you, I do could you get that information? Do you know where you got this information from? I think our listeners would be, especially in the age of, uh, of alternative facts, alternative facts. We might want to know where you got this and you don't have to know this now, but maybe we could uh, post it in our notes of the podcast. It is from healthymate.org. Also ask a doctor segment, but yes, I can, we can post this under fact check so that we have like, also, we always like to know things. So you always like to know things. if you find something that has been listed here that you feel like is inaccurate, inaccurate, please tell us. Yeah. Cause it turns out I'm not a sex expert. I'm just an idiot that Googles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the third question is related. Okay. I'm ready. Number three. Okay. Boom. I'm ready. I'm going to get this one. On average, doctors estimate what percentage of men experience premature ejaculation at some point during their lives. Okay. So you're looking for a percentage of men Mm -hmm. that premature prematurely ejaculate at some point in their lives. Yes. It's a a broad range. (laughs) A hundred percent. Probably like 98.9% probably prematurely ejaculate at some point in their lives. Meaning that at some point in their puberty. <laughs> yeah, they, I don't think this is um, necessarily calling those one-offs. I think it's more of like a problem with it at some point in their life. You're meaning that people who who continually? I think so, yes. Ha- so. Okay, so that that's a different question. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what would you like the question to be now? No, 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 no. You're, you're asking, if you're, if you're asking like what percentage of men in general prematurely ejaculate, I'm going to say probably all of them at some point in their lives. If we need to narrow that down to a group of people who, who, uh, I don't want to say gone through phases of who, who have, uh, seen an expert because this happens regularly in their lives and they have been documented in their adulthood between the ages of 18 and 45 (laughs) is more specific. Listeners, learn to write better trivia questions, okay? <laughs> so what's the answer, I'm going to go with 36%. <laughs> Final answer? Sure. <laughs> uh, you're not far off. Uh, doctors estimate that it's between 20 and 30% of men. And it goes on to say that it can be because of emotional turmoil, extra stress, um, and some physical ailments. But overall... Again, I just want to call out that like, that's a pretty significant chunk of men. Also, we haven't talked about women at all. Not being able to orgasm. Yeah, that is a, I think, significantly higher number. That's a significant number of women that are not able. It's not, it doesn't just like, this is not something that men have to struggle with. It's, it's just something that happens. Something that happens. But that was fun. Uh, we learned some things. I'm going to look into the late show. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen I Colbert. How many if pumps. you ever want to be on the show. Oh, Stephen Colbert. Can you imagine? He's so I, smart. I don't know if our egos could handle him being on our show. No. 
I would just be sitting there wide eyed and googly. I'd be like, listen to my really smart sentence. And he'd be like, everything about that was factually wrong. I would not. I'd be like, tell me a smart thing. (laughs) Do it. Say it slower. I need to impress you. (laughs) Please like me. Please respect my brain. How's your interest in sex in the city? We have that. Do you? Mm, Probably not. Anyway, this has been our show. Thanks for listening. (laughs) And we want to hear from you. So uh, get on our social media at Funky Spunk. We're on Instagram. Probably should be on TikTok. We'll talk about that in the future. I thought about trying to make a TikTok and I just don't know if I'm experienced enough to bring this joy into TikTok. I think you can. Let me rephrase this. I don't think I have the editing chops to bring this into TikTok. So again, producer, I will bump it up to three cans of Underwood. We'll work on that. All right. Uh, Funky Spunk is brought to you by (laughs) a vague idea podcast network. And we are sponsored by Steno. Denver by Asphodel and by you lovely listeners. All tens of you. All ten of you. (laughs) We love you. We'll see you next week. Bye.